You're listening to The Real Life of an FOR, a podcast that breaks down the nooks and crannies of the Namibian fashion industry and beyond. My name is Leah Masika. I'm a Namibian fashion designer known for my creative diversity within the industry. This is The Real Life of a Fashionista on the Rise. Hi, my name is Zodi Dikasep. Most people call me Zoe or Didi. And officially, I am an events management officer at the Namibia Business Innovation Institute, which is part of NEST. And I basically assist the center or the institute with innovative and creative ideas with regards to events management, as well as marketing. I am also a serial entrepreneur and I really love the creative scene. An art connoisseur, a mother of two teenagers. And yeah, I also assist other businesses with regards to their marketing. You're listening to The Real Life of an FOR. And this is Five Questions with me. Zoe, that is quite an impressive CV. And I love, I love that you mentioned that you're a mom because I think a lot of women forget that that is a job. That is a job entirely on its own and it is worth the mention. It deserves the mention. And speaking of children, our very first question. We all know you're creative in everything that you do, uh, whether it be your job or entrepreneurial. But run me through 10-year-old Zodidi's mind. What did she want to be and what was important to her at the time? And do you really think you'd be friends with her right now? Ten-year-old Zodidi's mind, my goodness. You know, I've always wanted to be Cleopatra. Um, (laughs) I used to just imagine running this empire. And the strange thing is... It wasn't like a kingdom as in ancient Egypt kind of kingdom, but more like an empire where people would really feel good. I know it sounds cheesy, but it's it's so, it's really the truth because I also had little dolls um, that I would dress up and, you know, like, yeah, I just didn't have this idea of um, all my dolls would look the same. They would or like either be punk or <laughs> dress differently. And then I would build like a, almost like a stadium um, with cardboard. So I had this special place in our kitchen at the back of our kitchen where it, was, where it was like my play area. And then I would basically dream big, so to speak. And then also what I used to do on weekends was uh, my brother and I used to call it play band. So we would make our own musical instruments and we would play the hell out of it and write our own songs. But please don't ask me to do that now. (laughs) Um, Yeah, for me, what was important at that time was just playing. You know, I have a very vivid imagination and I think playing was really important for me. I would dress up and use my imagination to just be whoever I wanted to be. And I was so grateful because I was no one stopped me from just doing these crazy things that I was doing, um, except the one time I almost burned down the neighbor's 
tree, but that's another story. But basically, yeah, that was that was it. And would I be friends with? I think ten-year-old Zodidu was pretty cool. <laughs> she was fearless and playful and and just free. Um, I would actually really love to meet her. Come to think of it. <laughs> So basically, she was almost an arsonist burning things down, which is not a bad thing, I think. It's not a bad thing because I personally think there's a lot of things in this world that we don't really need and they deserve to be burnt down. Not that I'm claiming to be an arsonist. I'm just saying that a little bit of burning isn't so bad. Also, I completely agree with the playing aspect and with the with the imagination just as a 10 year old it's like you're allowed to imagine but um I definitely remember my dad being um almost like an imagination EP (laughs) he was my reality check in everything in life and I remember this one time I showed him a picture of Halle Berry and I wanted her haircut and I had pretty long hair at the time you know my mom was very proud that she got my hair to grow that long. And I tell my dad, I want to look like Harley Berry. I want this picture. And he's like, yeah, 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 I can definitely cut that for you. You know, and me being the kid with the imagination, I truly believe that, you know, he could make me, he could cut my hair like that. He gave me a panga, like a, like a buzz cut. <laughs> I was in the third grade, guys. He gave me a buzz cut and it was the worst thing ever like I looked like a boy and because I was a kid and it was winter and I was wearing track pants like the kids were literally making fun of me and making me stand in the boys line because I literally looked like a boy I was mad at him for almost forever but you know I'm also daddy's little girl so I forgave him pretty quick but I completely understand like loving like just the fact that you can imagine anything and anything is possible like nothing in your mind like can go wrong from what you think should happen and that's like the best part about being like a 10 year old or just younger or whatever moving on before I tell you guys my whole life story there is a world epidemic closet fire and you can only save one thing And when I say one thing, I mean one thing. So pick wisely. What would you save? The world closet fire epidemic. My goodness, that's a tough one. You know, I I think I've got a problem because I have a lot of clothes. A lot. And I tend to get quite sentimental about them, um, especially if I bought it for a specific reason You know, maybe I've lost weight and that's like my celebratory jeans that (laughs) suddenly fits again. Um, But what I would save, whoo, my goodness, that's a, this is a tough question. Um, I think I would save, wow, okay, let me go look in my closet because this is tough. Five minutes later. Oh, yes, I found it. I would definitely save this T-shirt I bought last year at an exhibition. Um, 
funny thing is the exhibition doesn't really stand out for me <laughs> but it's a t-shirt i was like at the happiest point of my life and i was then with like the love of my life and we both bought the t-shirts together and it's like one of our favorite <laughs> t-shirts it's like it's it's really really sentimental plus it's got really dope designs um yeah that's actually what i would say because whenever i travel that's like the thing that i always wear um and since i really love traveling it's it's just perfect okay i'm gonna exempt the fact that you cheated and went to go check but I love that you picked something sentimental and something that means something to you because it's it's very difficult for people to associate, you know, what they wear with, like, with their memories for some reason. And what you wear, your clothes are, like, very much a part of your memories. They're very much in tune with... Um, with uh, with your life and, and things that have happened to you. You know, people people don't understand the psychology of like of color and shape and, and all that stuff and how big a role it actually plays in your lifespan. You know, sometimes you you grow up and you're like, Yeah, I don't like green shirts and you might not actually remember why you don't like green shirts or why you don't like the color green and why you don't want to wear green. But maybe the person that bullied you wore a lot of green shirts and you immediately associated that with a bad feeling and therefore you don't like it. So I I like that you associated it with something sentimental because that's why I asked this question. I wanted to know like what is important to people, especially when they're looking at their wardrobe. Um, how do they choose their clothing? Why do they choose their clothing? So um, I I love that you chose a shirt that you love. And I agree, you know, as women in general and as artists in general, I think we have problems with, like, clothes. We have, we can't stop buying them. We don't have space for them. But we want to advocate for, like, sustainable living. And it's a constant struggle. So I, I feel like it's just something we're going to have to get past or just kind of come to a consensus that I only need these essentials and that's how I'm going to live my life. Although... Does that mean they're going to close down the stores? Because uh, temptation is real. So I'm with you on that problem. All right, moving on. Question number three. Run us through what you do on a daily basis and why you felt it was necessary for you to start a natural hair care line. Give us the tea, girl. We want to know, was your hair falling out or did you really genuinely just want to help black women like me grow their hair which my hair is not growing by the way I'm so uh, like I'll come see you but my hair is not growing what do I do on a daily basis um I try to find balance and happy pockets so basically what that means is when I wake up I have a routine of so what I do is, okay, so when I wake up, I try and do a few stretches. In my ideal world, I usually do yoga. So just like a, a sunrise yoga. 
right? And then I, depending really on how I feel, but every single day I really, I have to put music on when I get dressed. Um, I take a shower, usually quick showers during the week. Um, and during the weekend, I, every Sunday is like my self-care day. So I take like a lavender infused bath with Himalayan pink salts and candles and incense. Like I'm just there loving myself and I do my face masks and hair day. So it's like a ritual. So why did I start my business? Oh, wow. Um, you know, it's, it's threefold. Okay. So the one the for me the most pertinent part is to live an authentic life and for me what that means is to be as much of myself in this world as possible and to impact as many people and of course you know the world i always think of when people say oh, i want to change the world and then they get so overwhelmed by it i always just align myself and i'm like um the world can be your kids, you know, and your colleagues and your society. It doesn't have to be this big, massive oyster that seems impossible. So that's the one side. And the one part, the other part of it is, I want to make money. <laughs> like, I have this dream of retiring at 40 and just living my best life. And as I'm nearing 40, I'm just like, girl, I just need to break these generate generational narratives of the single broke mom kind of thing. Um, I really want to be able to live my dream as fully as possible and make people happy. I know it sounds so cliche, but you know, when, when people are happy and their hair is happy and they feel confident and they give you reviews and they tell you stories about how they can wear their hair out and how their skin is popping, it, it solidifies the reason why I'm doing this. And third part of basically doing all of this, wait, what was the sick? <laughs> third part is society, right? So we know how being African, being Black, been a woman is such a challenging space to be in and I just really want to be able to to teach and help people to be authentic so it just brings me back to the 10 year old me because so much has happened that I lost her like I completely lost her at some point trying to please others and change my looks and change the way I I would normally address things and I realized that there is so so much power in being yourself and being authentic and just stepping into your true form it's it's so powerful and it's so beautiful and I really just want to be able to share that with other people to just be themselves because when people are themselves and step into who they truly are meant to be, they can live such beautiful lives. And I think everyone deserves that. Listen, okay. 
Talk about it. Talk about the money. Talk about making money. I I generally f- love that you added that in there because I think as black businesses, I think as black business women, entrepreneurs, we forget to think about money. Yes, you're doing something you love. Yes, you're passionate about it. But you know, we have to start thinking stronger. We have to start thinking bigger because at the end of the day, this is our livelihood. And if you love it so much and if you want to live off of this thing, you have to figure out how to make money from it. And you have to figure out how it's going to generate um, generational wealth because you are a woman. You're going to breed generations from you. Like, that's a given. You can't even deny that. Like, you will you will be a part of uh generating uh like generations so you have to think about the future in terms of like it's more than just you and how are you going to build those people up and and things like that so money is a very important thing and i love that you mentioned that and i love that you didn't shy away from it because it is that important we have to mention it we have to make it part of the plan and then the second thing that you mentioned, authenticity. I love that you put that in there and I love that you referenced it back to the 10-year-old you and how you've lost her in the process of wanting to please or having to please society just to realize that being your true self is what's going to truly make you happy and also what's truly going to help you fulfill your purpose in this life. And speaking of authenticity, because that's that's why I interviewed you. I I love I love how beautiful your authenticity makes you. So on that note, your notions on beauty. What do you think beauty is, or what is beauty to you? Oh gosh, beauty. My notion of beauty is, you know, I actually find beauty and the strangest weirdest most awkward things and people and places <laughs> but i think like radiance that like really like that inner radiance people underestimate it because it is it is beautiful like that is something that just it it like comes out of your pores and it's authentic so like an example right I saw this young girl um, who had like a massive afro she was wearing just plain old jeans torn and this t-shirt and you know she was just like a regular schmegular degular day right and but the way that she was carrying herself oh my goodness it was like literally people turned around to look at her. At first I was like, okay, maybe it's the hair or something. But when I really paid attention, I was like, there is something that this girl has that just oozes something that you can't capture through clothes or through makeup. Um, not that I have anything against that. Like I love makeup. I wish I could do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really that, that inner thing that you can't buy off a shelf. I 100% agree with that. You cannot buy it off a shelf. 
Yes, you can enhance your outwards beauty in order to appeal to people in the general sense of what society tells you beauty is, but in true authentic, like in true like nature and natural style, like I think beauty is something you you are. You you have to be it. You have to embody beauty. It's 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 an aura. It's 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 something, you know, you create as an individual. It's not something that can be bought or something that can be sold to you. And and that's 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 why I love that you, you know, you talked about this woman and and you talked about how there was something about her because you're not really supposed to be able to put your finger on what beauty is because it's an individual creation I feel it's something everybody creates like I can create beauty you can create beauty and it will all be different things and that's why we can't truly define it or at least that's what I think but you know as um know-it-alls we like to act like we know things and we actually don't but this is just you know what I imagine is that we all create beauty and it's all so different that we can't really like say it's the same exact thing but we all sort of describe it the same way because you know we are limited to words and how we use them so I love that I love 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 these responses you give me so much vibes, like you have no idea. No idea. Moving on, playing devil's advocate, because I know you artists won't get mad when I ask this question. You have to destroy one piece of art in order to save the world. What would you destroy and why? <laughs> you can't ask me to destroy art? <laughs> this is a trick question, right? I think, like, there's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> I absolutely love art. There is just no way that I can destroy art. Like, but in order to, you know, the, the greater good. So in order to save the world, I would, sure. I mean, I've seen some really horrific, scary stuff, but I'm like, okay, there's a reason behind it. Um, but what I would destroy to save the world. Sure. Wow. I can't think of, like, I can see the images in my head, but I can't think of the artist right now. Oh, but you said one piece of art. <laughs> so you didn't specify what kind of art. So I found the loophole and I'm going to use it. I would destroy Blueface's music. This new mumble rapper offbeat, I would I would just completely, <laughs> I'd completely destroy all his music to save the world, and I would do the smile on my face. <laughs> um, why would I do that? Because I think like his confidence is popping. I love it. You know, he's just out there trying to live his dream, and I respect that. But it's just bad. <laughs> and the thing is, like, what artists sometimes tend to forget is the power that they have. So what I'm seeing in my house is my son listens to his music. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, why? Guy can't rap. But 
yeah i hope he doesn't hear this <laughs> but yeah that is basically it um so yeah i'm looking forward to more on this amazing work that you're doing and i'm so happy thank you for choosing me um to share my thoughts and my everything okay goes to youtube types in blue face because i don't want to say i know who this guy is but we gonna find out Oh my god, no. She called me daddy. I don't even know her mom. Yeah, wow. Wow. Please, yes, delete. Delete, girl. Find that database and delete him from our art archives. What is this? Uh, I, new music. New music is the saddest thing I feel on this planet. And I'm not saying all new music is trash, but I mean new music in terms of like these genres that are being created out of out of old genres in order to, I don't know, evolve or whatever they want to call this thing that's happening in music but when you come from the 80s when you're an 80s baby and you know like classical music and you know 80s music like you know for sure that kids these days are not listening to actually good music and it is sad or or they they it's hard for them to find or even be able to subscribe to good music like it's something you have to teach them it's something you have to culture them with so i definitely agree there delete blue face um zo diddy for the win also call me when you do it because i will be your wingman for this one after that i will be your wingman you're listening to the real life of an for So, Didi, I want to thank you so, so much for being on this episode and for sharing your five answers with us. Um, I can't wait to see your journey as an entrepreneur grow. I can't wait to see you do amazing, amazing things for not only uh, the hair industry, but just black culture in general. And I'm super, super excited for you. Thank you so much. Bye.